During the week, a new report by the Climate and Health Alliance put the Irish diet into context for us. You might say, as if we need reminding, but seemingly we do. The typical Irish diet, according to the report, is making us sick and killing us. On average, we overconsume energy, processed meats, sugar, salt and fat. We underconsume fruit, vegetables, plant proteins, whole grains and sustainable seafood. According to the Alliance, one in three Irish people eat two or more unhealthy snack foods every day. This typical Irish diet leads to type 2 diabetes, heart disease, kidney disease, tooth decay and more. But the good news is that, individually, we can change all of that. It's in our own hands. In fact, a significant change is noticeable after just 28 days. This is according to Dr. Alan Desmond, who hails from Blarney. All of his people come from Blackpool on the north side of Cork City. He's one of the leading young gastroenterologists in the UK and a leading clinician at the Devon Gut Clinic. He's been shouting this from the rooftop for ages, but now he has adapted a safer method of doing so by writing a book about it all and how we can dramatically change for the better our physical and mental health. Yes, our mental health as well. Good evening and welcome to Where the Road Takes Me. Alan Desmond was born and raised in Blarney, but he has very strong Cork City roots. Both his parents and his grandparents come from Blackpool. His solution to those of us who are feeling, well, as they say in Coronation Street, poorly, is to eat more plant-based food. The result, he says, even after 28 days, will be noticeable. You'll have a healthier gut, and as a result will feel better, not only physically, but mentally or psychologically as well. Yes, mentally or psychologically as well. The reason for the latter is that the gut is now almost universally recognized as our second brain. So, gut happy, brain happy. It's not rocket science or even a state secret. It's simple. You eat a diversity of foods, foods that have helped humans to function at their best for generations. Well, if it were that simple, I would probably be a consultant gastroenterologist myself, which of course I'm not. So, let's find out about all of this from the man who does know. Let's go and meet consultant gastroenterologist Dr. Alan Desmond. Before we get into your particular area of medicine, talk to me first about, and you've had it fairly rough over there, talk to me about how COVID-19 has affected you. Now, you've written in your book that some patients were hospitalized for minor symptoms and seemingly were in good spirits. Hours later, were fighting for their lives. That's pretty scary, Alan. Well, it was it was pretty scary, and it's still pretty scary. You know, we're still living in the era of COVID nineteen now. I mean, we've had two point six million people dead worldwide, nearly four and a half thousand people uh, dead in Ireland, half a million deaths in the USA alone. So, early last year, myself and my colleagues in gastroenterology here at the GI unit at the hospital I work at, we suspended our specialist practice. So we we stopped practicing gastroenterology for about six or eight weeks and went to work on one of our hospital's coronavirus wards. And it was it was a very difficult and stressful time. I mean, medicine is a stressful job anyway, but this is perhaps the most stressful part of my career so far because we were dealing with the unknown and our ward had to be very, very quickly fitted out to be able to put every single patient in a well-ventilated isolation room. 
So the carpenters had to put doors up and the techies had to put new ventilation in and that, that huge effort just to see the, how the doctors, nurses, physios, OTs, dietitians, chippies, everybody just got on with it and really transformed the whole health service within weeks was incredibly impressive and it really a privilege to be part of that response. But what really struck me, John, during the, that first wave was just as you said, how sick people could get with this thing. You know, people would come onto our ward uh, with suspected COVID-19 and at that point it would take maybe 12 hours to get a confirmatory result whereas we're much quicker now. And they would come onto the ward that look pretty well, you know, they'd be pretty breathless, sick enough to be in hospital obviously, but they might be walking in the room and they'd be sitting up talking to you. But often within hours they would be desperately unwell and I, I took care of a lot of um, elderly people, as you know, um, you know, residential homes and nursing homes were hit very hard in that first wave. So I looked after a lot of those people, people who'd already had their health damaged over the years due to heart disease, strokes, uh, type 2 diabetes, etc. And a lot of very older, older people. And look, I looked after quite a few people who died, you know, and it was um, it, it really at the time. It, it really struck me that these conditions, these conditions that I've been talking about publicly and writing about, these conditions driven by the standard Western diet, you know, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, hypercholesterolemia. We already knew before coronavirus, John, that those things take healthy years off of our life and they reduce our quality of life. They make us need procedures and visits to the doctor and prescriptions and reduce our life expectancy. in a very beautiful area of England, Turkey, Devon, Somerset, Cornwall, all those places are really lovely. Oh, it's beautiful, yeah, and it's, it's um, the village I live in is like a little seaside town. It's kind of got Kinsale vibes. It's a little place called Shalgan. It's smaller than Kinsale, but, you know, there's um, a lot of boaty people around, a lot of beach, a lot of outdoorsiness, and we're, we're near the moors and Dartmoor and beautiful coastline and beautiful hill walking and all that sort of thing. It's really, for anyone who likes the outdoors, it's a great part of the world. So tell me, was gastroenterology, was that something you always had an interest in and interested in following a full-time career? Well, I I always had a little bit of an interest in it, John, and I eventually decided to go for it. I ended up going into medical school in UCC in 1995 and eventually qualified in 2001. Back then, it was a six-year course. And when I finished medical school as a newly qualified doctor, I didn't really know what area of expertise I wanted to go into, but I knew that I wanted to work at the hospital. So I wanted to be a medical doctor who worked inside a hospital, what what in the US they might call an internist, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So dealing with people who are in hospital and some of the sickest people and some of the people who are very unwell and people who need to be in hospital to be fixed. As a junior doctor then, as an intern in Cork University Hospital, you would go through different rotations and you'd work in different specialties. And I eventually had my first rotations in gastroenterology, probably about 2003, 2004. And first of all, I ended up working for very nice people, um, people like Dr. Seamus O'Mahony, Dr. Orla Crosby, Professor Evan Quigley, Professor Fergus Shanahan, also for the wonderful Dr. Peter Wienicke during a spell 
that I spent working down at uh, Bantry General. And they were all keen gastroenterologists. And, you know, I think when you're at that early stage in your career, if you find a job where everybody working in it seems fairly balanced and interested and motivated, it really creates an impression on you. But also, John, at that point, I was, I was really, my interest was really tweaked by meeting people who are in hospital with severe gastrointestinal problems, whether that be diverticular disease or, you know, colorectal cancer, those sorts of things, cirrhosis, uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, but particularly inflammatory bowel disease, so things like Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, which are incredibly common now in countries like Ireland and the UK and the US, basically anywhere where we have a kind of an industrialized or standard Western approach to food. And you know, dealing with these young people, because that's a condition that's usually diagnosed when people are young, maybe, you know, younger than 30. So these are young people who are, you know, they're, they're, they're in school, they're in university, they've got their first job, they've got young children, that sort of age group. They're in their productive years and they develop this dreadful inflammatory condition in their bowel. And it was helping those people to get better and seeing how much you can improve someone's quality of life by improving their digestive health. Um, really got me hooked on gastroenterology as a specialty. So it takes a long time to study medicine. As I said, I went into university in, in UCC in 95, qualified in 2001, had my first rotation in gastroenterology in probably 2003, 2004, and eventually qualified as a consultant myself in 2012. The old saying, it's an ill wind that doesn't blow some good, springs to mind. Still, it would be extremely difficult to find any goodness in COVID-19. But people do speak about getting their priorities stacked in the right order from now on, being kinder and more respectful of each other. I met a lady recently who believes that this is happening already. She notices, she said, that people who hadn't the time of day to salute her, let alone speak to her before, are now doing just that. And that's really sad, if it takes a virus to trigger a basic good gesture in people. In medicine, Alan Desmond says he and his colleagues noticed a trend in certain people who were admitted to hospital having been diagnosed with the virus. And this had happened in China, the US, Ireland and in the UK. When people are affected by this virus, this new virus, I mean, it can affect anybody. But once you've been infected with it, if you have these common conditions that are so common in, in, in Ireland, in the UK and elsewhere, that your chances of doing well and beating the virus are reduced substantially. And individuals living with obesity or diabetes or hypertension are far more likely to end up in hospital, more likely to be ventilated, and more likely to actually succumb and die to the infection. So as someone who's been publicly speaking about the importance of a healthy, a healthier, more plant-based, more unprocessed diet for years, in, in fact, the, um, the coronavirus pandemic made me even more enthusiastic to share that word, uh, to share that message with people and get the news out to people because people need to know that the food that we consume on a daily basis is not just crucial to our digestive health. It's also really, really crucial to our overall health. It's now a recognized fact that the gut is also known as our second brain. But the connection goes both ways. A troubled intestine can send signals to the brain, just as a troubled brain can send signals to the gut. So having a healthy gut can lead to a healthy brain, which in turn has various benefits, especially improving our mood and generating the happy syndrome. 
the happiness thing is very, very interesting. I mean, I was very lucky when I was working even early in my career, being exposed to all this science about the gut microbiome, John, trillions of microbes that reside predominantly in our large bowel. And we used to think that all the large bowel did was absorb water and make poo, essentially, and get rid of waste. But of course, we now know, um, in many ways, thanks to research done by some of my mentors, like Professor Fergus Shanahan and Professor Evan Quigley, is that the bugs that live in our gut, in our gut, our gut microbiome, have a huge impact on our health and our longevity and even our happiness. And it strikes me, and I describe this in the book as well, John, how over the years when I see people who have made the switch to a healthy, whole food, plant-based diet, whatever their motivation and whatever they've made the change, whether it's to achieve a healthy body weight, to reverse type 2 diabetes, get rid of their irritable bowel syndrome, or even if they've just done it because they're more interested in the um, environmental impacts or the animal welfare impact, no matter why they make the change, when you check back in with them after a few weeks, they always talk about happiness. And they say things like, gosh, I feel more energetic, I feel lighter, I feel more active. A friend of mine recently who's um, a fairly well-known chef, and he, you know, he eats a kind of a, a healthier version of the standard Western diet. So he eats a lot of lean red meat and uh, chicken and eggs, that sort of thing. So he switched to a whole food plant-based diet about six weeks ago, and I checked in with him recently. And I just said, so how's it all going? And he'd done it for some tummy issues. And he said, uh, you know what, I'm being nicer to people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's unexpected, but actually... So are you asking people in your book, you're talking about a plant-based diet, are you asking people to replace or reduce the likes of meat, chicken, turkey, bacon? Because you know, Alan, as well as I do, that we Irish, we love our cow. Absolutely. I am, John. And it's not just me who's recommending this, right? So so a healthy plant-based or vegetarian diet is endorsed as a healthy choice by the American Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, the Canadian Healthy Eating Guidelines, the American Cancer Society, the World Health Organization, the World Wildlife Federation, the American Medical Association, you know, over here in the UK, the British Dietetic Association, all recognize the benefits of a healthy vegetarian or vegan diet. Originally from Blarney here in Cork, Consultant gastroenterologist Dr. Alan Desmond joins me on this evening's edition of Where the Road Takes Me. What you're listening to can also be read in his new book, The Plant-Based Diet Revolution. And that's part one of Where the Road Takes Me. But we continue our conversation in part two, which is only a few moments away.